Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. And for this week, I decided I was going to talk about how to stay sane during trying times. And if you're human, you understand and have understood the difficulty of keeping your balance and your sanity during trying times. And for the past few podcasts, I've talked a bit about my, my self-coaching wave theory. Think of, think of waves, and a wave represents a challenge, a life challenge of some kind, a difficulty. And these are the complex parts of our life that, that tend to disrupt the possibility for sanity for solace, for happiness. Now, the solitude, serenity, and happiness, that occurs in between waves, and that's the trough state. So we have the waves, which are the challenges of life, and they come and they go. And in between those waves, we have a potential for finding happiness. Okay. Now, the key to understand is that the trough state, the state where we can find a bit of respite and a bit of happiness from the wave states, the complexities, the chaos of our life. In the trough state, many of us have the tendency to create waves, mental waves, waves that don't exist. And this is what anxiety is or depression. We tend to leave the present moment, the present trough moment, and we tend to create difficulties in our mind. The what-ifs, for example. What if I don't get that job? What if she leaves me? Those what-if anxieties, of course, are now generating a wave in a trough state. This should be a calm period. This should be a period without waves. But our mind has this propensity, at least a troubled mind or a mind that is riddled with insecurity, we have a propensity to start creating waves in anticipation of things that may or may not come. And then we get hammered by a real wave, loss of a job, illness. So our lives become just one chronic wave, some artificial and some actual. So what I'd like to talk to you today about is managing the waves, both actual and fabricated mentally. But before we do, let's talk about the different kinds of waves you might encounter emotionally. So the first type we'll call major waves. Now in the ocean, we have such things called rogue waves. And rogue waves are greater than sometimes twice the size of regular waves, the surrounding waves that they're in. They're very unpredictable, and they could come unexpectedly from any direction. So major waves are like rogue waves in that we can get hit from any direction, inexplicably, 
And when these waves come, they usually do form a kind of devastating experience. And the major waves, the major waves in our lives are deaths of loved ones, financial devastation, wars, failure. These are waves that we're calling major waves that really do knock us off our feet. These are waves that really do capsize our emotional boat. Then come the moderate waves. Now, the moderate waves are more what we might call stress or circumstantial waves. These are more mundane. I mean, the, the major rogue waves are these major unpredictable catastrophes, if you will, in our life, whereas moderate waves are the more typical waves that we encounter on our day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, and they're caused by stress, and they call them more mundane because they're not cataclysmic. It could be pressures at work or school, handling the kids, getting upset because you're stuck in traffic. I mean, that could be a wave. You start to just seethe and your whole day is ruined. How about the termites that are gnawing at your house? You start to just grind, feeling that, that you're out of control and you've got to get the exterminator and your house is going to collapse and we're creating waves. These are the moderate waves. And they're waves that we create, whereas the major waves are typically waves that are thrust upon us unexpectedly. The moderate waves are, if you will, choices. We allow ourselves to get into the overthinking of creating moderate waves. Now we go to another kind of wave, the minor wave. And these are the ripples in our life. They're waves but they're, they're more or less the inexplicable, anxious, or depressed moods that we find ourselves in. Sometimes it has to do because of low energy, lack of sleep, dietary issues. And sometimes, you know, it's just uh, someone looks at us the wrong way. Our insecurities tend to get rattled. You know, so it's, it's, the, it's the more or less things that we could almost overlook. We're still totally functional doing our jobs, and and kind of bemoaning the fact that we're having a crummy day. Or we're just kind of feeling down, down and out, unhappy, just, just a blah kind of cloudy day of our lives. So those are the minor waves, the ripples that pass through our lives. And they can be instigated by, as I say, physiological issues waiting for a phone call that never comes or a job offer that hasn't materialized. And we we tend to find ourselves reactive to those events. But like I said, these are minor waves compared to more difficult and challenging waves. And then there's one more class of waves I'll call trough waves. And as I mentioned earlier, the trough waves are the waves that we create when we're in that trough state, which is the potential state for solace and happiness. So so we have the, the major, the moderate, the minor, and the trough waves. So the trough waves are waves that that we generate. All things being said, I would have to say that human beings are wave makers. So trough waves, whether it be anxiety or depression, we get into a, a sad state of affairs or something that happened days ago, months ago, years ago, someone that has hurt our feelings, 
things that have not happened so we can create our mood, our trough disturbances, our waves. So why do we make waves in the first place? And then mostly we're talking about trough waves here. Why do we do it? Why can't we just, we're in between two waves. We know life is like that. The waves come, the waves go. When we have the opportunity, why in the heck do we make new waves? I guess is because we don't trust the trough state. We're always in a perpetual state of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And when we're waiting for the shoe to drop, basically we're, we're understanding that in time, there'll always be another wave. So for some people, especially those lacking in self-trust and security, their, their inability to, to relax is really an inability to trust that they're going to be able to handle that next wave. And this is critical. Because without self-trust or sufficient self-trust, then you're trying to brace yourself, you're trying to what-if yourself into an understanding of what you can do that's going to protect yourself from whatever that next wave may be. And even if you don't know what the next wave is going to be, you're still in a state of apprehension because your self-distrust is tiptoeing through life on eggshells, expecting, rather than eggshells, that there'll be a landmine. So you're always in this apprehensive state. And that's one reason we make waves, is you're trying to feel somewhat safer, even though you are in between waves and various challenges, you're just trying to feel a bit safer. And the only way you can feel safer is to start revving yourself up with what if, what if, what if, anticipation, bracing your body and your mind against what may happen. So we make waves of our anxious distrust of the trough state itself. We we don't do well with solace. You know, it's like things become too quiet and we're expecting the next chaotic wave to come crashing into our lives. And I mentioned insecurity. You see, with insecurity, this is the underpinning of, of all wave states in the trough because insecurity, we don't trust our abilities to handle life or to handle whatever comes our way. We don't trust our own resilience. How, you, how am I going to last? What if, what if, what if this, this duress, what if this, this illness I'm feeling, what if this fatigue I'm feeling, what if this loneliness, what if these things never go away? So we don't trust our resilience to handle what's on our plate. Now, again, in the trough state, the plate is littered with future concerns, past concerns, concerns that don't exist in the trough state, but nevertheless, we've piled our plate high with all of these imaginary anticipatory challenges, and we become victimized by it. We have self-doubt, hopeless attitude. We're in a trough state, but again, insecurity is gnawing at us. It just won't let us enjoy the rather placid, wave-free existence that we have at the moment. And we don't know how, many, how long those moments are. It's part of the wave nature of life, the random nature of life. One thing you could count on, and I think it's important, one thing you could count on, it'll be waves. This is life. Now, does it help to anticipate the next wave? Does it hurt? Maybe, maybe not. But what it does do, it does take away from the possibility of just relaxing and finding happiness and peace in the moment. You're not flowing with life. So what's the best way to handle waves? 
So all of these waves coming and going, what's what do we do? I mean, life is waves. No matter what you say or how lucky you think you're going to get, there will be waves, moderate waves, major waves. There will be waves. If you deny the fact that there have been and will always be waves, then you're like the the little little Dutch boy that puts his finger in the dike to try to poke up all those holes so the dam doesn't burst. But there are too many holes in the dam, and eventually the dam overwhelms you. So you can't stop the flow of life. You can't stop the next wave. So what good does it do to fret the next wave? Well, the reason we do that, of course, is that we we really don't trust our abilities to handle. And that's where that insecurity comes in. And we'll get to that in a second. We don't want to resist the fact that life demands that we handle our waves, that we fortify ourselves and get through. Now, what's the best way to get through a wave? Well, if you're in a real wave in the ocean, you got to just bob up with the wave, keeping your head above the wave. You've just got to get through and somehow manage to slide down the other side of the wave. But you need to get through waves. Sometimes it really is a matter of gritting your teeth, seeing the inevitability of certain waves getting a diagnosis you don't like, getting fired. Sometimes it's a matter of accepting the finality of certain things. We don't want to. Of course not. Who would? But by accepting the finality of life's major waves, I think we have a much better chance of getting through that wave unscathed and coming into the trough with a refreshed feeling of possibility. Once we're out of the grips of that turmoil, that extensive turmoil, we realize the potential that exists right in front of us, the potential to take that deep breath and to embrace the possibility of genuine happiness. But you see, genuine happiness can't exist in an anticipatory state where you're anticipating waves, where you're looking back and wringing your hands over past waves, waves of regret, vengeance, anger. It exists in the trough state if you are unencumbered. And there are two ways you have to become unencumbered. One way is to stay present. And the other way is to put a check on your insecurity-driven thinking. Now, let's take the first. Staying present. Anxiety, depression do not exist in the moment. Now, you can make anxiety and depression exist in the moment, but that's because mentally you are bringing in the issues of anxiety and depression. You are mentally creating the wave, well, she said that to me and I'll never forget. Or you can anticipate what's coming around that corner. I'm not ready for that to happen. I can't do that. So we create the wave. We leave the present. Because now we're in, I call it time traveling. We're either in the past or the future, but we've left the present. The trough state that is the potential solace that exists. We are now in this emotional wave, which feels just like a real wave just as anxious, just as emotionally uptight. The cortisol is surging, the anxiety is seething, and we're caught up in it. It's no different from being in a wave. But you see, the irony is that the impetus for that wave came from a place of solace, from that moment, that trough moment, where you could have just kind of let go of some of that insecurity-driven thinking, which we'll talk about in one more second, and allowed yourself the respite before the next wave. Now, I make it sound like life is just, you know, battling one wave after another. In a sense, it is, but 
in a sense it isn't because waves have a, a way of being random and unpredictable and we tend to create more waves than we experience i think you'll agree with me when i say that of all life's waves more than 50%, 60%, 70% are waves that we create. The real waves we seem to get through. Now, isn't that ironic? We get through the real waves probably better than we do the trough waves. And why is that? Well, because basically the trough waves are self-perpetuating and they just keep going around in a loop, keeping us prisoner and hostage. Whereas the real waves, we have our survival instincts, whatever it is. Whatever the calamity, you know, we just have the capacity to survive. We are survival machines. We are adaptive machines. Our human species has adapted for the last two million years. And sometimes when we're hit with a major wave, a catastrophic wave, we need to adapt. And we need to adapt to a change in our lives. It may be very disruptive. You know, it's a seismic change in circumstances a loss of someone. And in spite of the fact that major waves that, that do pummel us, fortunately not frequently, but major waves that do pummel us can also transform us. Because coming out of that survival, coming through to the other side, into that next trough state, after a cataclysmic event, when we're finally released from the duress of that event, we have the opportunity to see that trough state in a different perspective. To understand the value of that solace, the potential value of being extricated from the intense drama of the chaotic, cataclysmic moment that preceded it. And we embrace life differently. These are oftentimes life-changing events. Eventually, we do get through. How many waves do you think you've gotten through? All of them, right? You wouldn't be listening to this today. So you've gotten through all these many waves, some minor, some moderate, a few major. You've gotten through and you're still here. So what makes you think you're not going to handle the next wave? Well, that's what insecurity does. See, insecurity says, yes, but. Yeah, I got through all these waves. The next one is going to, it's just going to, to what? What's it going to do? Well, it's going, you don't really know, but you just feel it will be one that you can't handle. That's what insecurity does. So how do we get insecurity out of the picture? Because when it comes to handling waves, insecurity is what prevents us both from handling real and legitimate waves and from the trough waves that we create. So insecurity basically expresses itself in doubts, fears, and negativity, and it shapes us. These are habits of insecurity. And we've embraced these habits, some have habits of worrying, some anxiety, habits of defensiveness, etc. And we feed these, these thoughts by embracing them, by embellishing them. I have a, a technique I call the ABC technique. We can't stop a disturbing thought, a neurotic thought from percolating into our mind. And that thought we'll call the A thought. Now, can't stop that thought. That came from a spontaneous place from within. But then comes the somewhat conscious thought, the next thought, the B thought. So the A thought might be, what if I can't handle that class? That percolates up and that generates a degree of fear, a wave of fear, a moderate wave, a trough wave. 
but nevertheless, a wave perpetrated by insecurity. Now, the B thought, well, if I can't handle the thought, then I'm not going to get that degree. Well, that's that's kind of, you know, it's kind of connected. It's conscious, but it's just not totally graspable. But then comes, say, the C thought or the D thought or the E thought. These are the conscious runaway train thoughts that we start adding to the fears. So you can't stop the A thought. Maybe you can't stop the B thought, but we darn well can stop the C, D, E, all the way through the alphabet. You see, we're complicit in our own suffering. And when we are complicit in our own suffering, then we've been hoodwinked by insecurity. Because insecurity steering now, and we're on for the ride by adding the C thought, the D thought, the E thought. Cut it out. Put a stop to it. You don't need to go on fighting the insecurity runaway train. So what do you do? Well, start becoming conscious of those thoughts that create your waves. Now, the waves are experienced both psychologically and physiologically. When you're in a wave state, you're in a state of stress chemicals. Your body is awakened with knots in your stomach, tensiveness. You see the mood changes in you. When you're in a wave state, where are the thoughts? And I'm talking about the trough wave states. And and for all intents and purposes, in any wave state, we can either exacerbate a wave, a legitimate wave, a major wave, a moderate wave, or a minor wave. We can exacerbate those with insecurity. But even in the trough state, these are where we can be most effective. And, and I think it's important that in anything short of major waves, I think that you need to realize that the more you stop feeding insecurity with doubts, fears, and negativity, the less that wave, the less grip that wave will have on you, the sooner you can return to the trough potentiality. So you have to stop feeding. You have to start starving those thoughts. You have to catch those thoughts. So that requires consciousness. That requires awareness. Now, you don't have to think about every thought you're having throughout the day. That You do drive yourself crazy. Only the thoughts that generate the wave experience. Now, you'll have to, te- you'll have to tell yourself what that experience is, but you kind of know it. You know, it's like what Justice Potter said uh, about uh, pornography. You'll know it when you see it. And it goes the same with the, the wave states. You know it when you feel it. And when you know it, and you know you're in a wave state or entering a wave state, check out the thoughts. Is that me, my healthy, mature thinking? Or is that my insecurity thinking? Or as I might say, my child reflex. And these are habits. That's why I call it the child reflex, because they usually laid down these insecurities, typically are laid down early in life. They have a child quality to them. Is it me or is it my insecurity? And if you decide it's your insecurity, then you've got to do something about it. Then you've got to dig your heels in. And you've got to realize that insecurity unchecked is a wave maker. And you're tired of creating waves that you don't need to be experiencing. Life has its own waves. We don't need to make more. So stop whining that life has waves. I can't. It's too hard. Stop whining about the fact that there are waves and start to distinguish between waves that are externally thrust upon you versus those that are internally created. But like I said before, even with external waves, insecurity will exacerbate. Insecurity will become chicken little and see the sky falling. 
So insecurity will always get its tentacles involved in making any wave more difficult. Start starving rather than feeding the thoughts. And because every thought matters, you know, you may think this is, well, what, so I'm stopping a bad thought. Well, so big whoop. Well, what's the big whoop? Well, the big whoop is that this is all cumulative. Any habit, the more you feed it, the bigger it grows. Whether it be an addiction aspect or whether it be a good habit or a bad habit, if we keep feeding it, it gets more powerful, gets reinforced, and it grows. It's the same with insecurity. Those thoughts do matter. The accumulation of thoughts over time do matter. Negativity over time matters. So does positivity, feeding or starving. So in conclusion, let, let me conclude with this. It's time to flow with what life is, to flow with your life. When faced with a real challenge, a real wave, trust your resources, trust your ability, develop the perspective, the attitude that I can get through this, I can handle it, ride out that wave. And remember, most of the waves of our lives are needless waves. They are self-generated. They don't need to be there. And just imagine how much more trough existence is available to you if you're not generating waves. It matters. It matters a lot. So I'm going to conclude with that. And I'd like you to visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you could learn more about my self-coaching philosophy and my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. What do you say we make it Believe simple together? Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart.